0: Michelle Obama has never been proud of America until now. We'll discuss it. Also, Cuban dictator Fidel Castro resigned today. Will Cuba become more or less free? We'll talk about it and U.S.-Cuban relations with an expert. And how can we become one nation above God? This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture.
1: Mr. Gorbachev,
2: tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one
3: giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941,
0: a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes.
2: And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon.
3: We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson.
4: Hope is making a comeback. It is making a comeback, and let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm
5: really proud of my country. That's Barack Obama's wife, Michelle. She's under fire for leaving the impression that she hasn't been proud of her country until now when Democrats are rallying to her husband's campaign. What do you think of that? For the first time in my adult life, I am proud of my country. Well, responding to that today, John McCain's wife, Cindy, said in a speech, I am proud of my country. I am very proud of my country. Here's the question. We're opening the call center right now. Why are you proud of America? Are you proud of America? The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. We'll take your calls in this segment, really reacting to Michelle Obama's claim that for the first time she's proud to be an American, proud of her country. Why are you proud to be an American? 800-881-9270. Give us a call.
6: Really an incredible statement, Dr. Johnson. Also, it was announced today that Cuba's uh, Fidel Castro is relinquishing power in that country. And uh, presidential candidate John McCain had something to say about it. In fact, he says this is welcome news.
0: This is a great opportunity for
5: Cuba to make a transition to a a democracy, to empty their political
1: prisons, uh, to invite human rights organizations into the country.
6: When you think about it, in Havana there are people, probably most people, that have never known another leader. Uh, Hillary Clinton also weighing in on this. She says she hopes the resignation of Fidel Castro will spell some change in Cuba. I'm hoping that the new leadership uh,
7: will take steps to move Cuba toward democracy, release political prisoners, uh, lift a lot of the uh, oppressive burdens that have prevented the Cuban people from um, really having the kind
6: of future that they deserve to have. Fidel Castro's brother Raul has co-led the country really since the beginning and uh, he will be taken over. He's sort of taken a back seat, not been a public figure and uh, some of the questions surrounding this are will he open up the country more? And President Bush uh, hopes so. He says Cuba's elections currently are a sham and must change.
1: Eventually this transition will lead to free and fair elections and I mean free and I mean fair not these kind of staged elections that uh, the Castro brothers try to foist off as being true democracy.
6: Later in the program, we are going to discuss the implications of Fidel Castro's resignation with Dr. Ray Walser. He is Senior Policy Analyst for Latin America for the Heritage Foundation.
5: Okay, and um, also today we're going to be talking about One Nation Above God. What do you think about the secularization of America? The Atlanta Journal and Constitution said this week, Huckabee's theocratic tendencies are dangerous. That newspaper saying Mike Huckabee, not even fit to be vice president. Why? Because he's a man of faith. Here's Mike Huckabee on the role of faith in politics.
0: When a person says my faith doesn't affect my decision making, I would say that the person's saying their faith is not significant enough to impact their decision process. I tell people up front, my faith does affect my decision process.
5: Okay, at the half hour, we're going to be talking to a direct descendant of a Mayflower passenger about one nation under God or one nation above God. You don't want to miss that conversation. But today's question, here again, is Michelle Obama, wife of presidential candidate Barack Obama, saying... Until now, she's not been proud of America.
4: Hope is making a comeback. It is making a comeback. And let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my
5: country. All right. Well, let's see. I've asked you, and call us now, why are you proud of America? we got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, what do you think of this?
2: Yes, Dr. Johnson, I just... uh... Say that it shows that uh, she's a true blooded uh, liberal.
5: Well, it's the blame of affair- America first crowd, and uh, she can only be proud of the country now that her husband seems to be winning a primary. That's sort of a trivial reason to be proud of your country. Bob, let me ask you this for something positive. Why are you proud of America? I'm proud of America because it's a country founded on biblical beliefs, and uh, we were able to. Uh, elect leaders, and uh, it's founded on pro-democratic uh, democracy, and we're not living under Sharia law. Thank you, Bob, so much. That's, <laughs> that's very Those are good
6: reasons. You know, he mentioned basically that uh, that's sort of the liberal line, not to be proud and to be negative on America, but there is a lot to be proud of, even if you don't like conservative policies or if you don't like the Republican policies that have been implemented there's so much to be proud of it's amazing that you would make a statement like this
5: all right here's our question why are you proud of america the number is 800 benji on the line from arlington benji why are you proud of america
3: well i'm proud of america because i'm you know i think that uh, just like bob was saying it's founded on judeo-christian principles yes. the principles of righteousness and truth and and the freedom that we enjoy based upon that, and whoever says that that's not the case, uh, like apparently Michelle Obama, she can just, I, as far as I'm concerned, she can go wherever she's proud to be and be there.
6: Maybe Anyhow, she wishes she grew up in another country. Well, yeah, we're well, going to... She
3: you can go back there. Uh, yes. I have another comment.
5: Uh, yes. One of the earlier,
3: or one of the next segments. Uh, I was kind of figuring that uh, uh, Hillary might...
1: Uh, call it quits now that she could move to Havana and
5: find her Cuban citizenship. Well, look, Benji, I believe this, that that is one of the reasons we can be proud of America, is that we're not Cuba, we're not China, we're not Russia. That is, we've had... Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, democratic processes for electing our leaders. And so uh, I don't understand why Michelle Obama would say or could say she's, for the first time in her adult life, not been proud to be an American until her husband is winning some primaries. Well, here's the question. Why are you proud of America? The number 800-881-9270. Bill is on the line from Duncanville. Bill, what's your view of this?
3: Well, to start off with, I think Michelle Obama is just reacting to those Clinton years. Those Clinton years kept a lot of us from being proud.
5: Well, that's, that could be the case. That may be a uh, uh, sort of an underhanded criticism of the Clinton years. Bill, let me ask you this. Uh, why are you proud of America?
3: I'm, proud, I'm a proud of the fact that I can say anything I want on the airwaves. That's right. And not worry about somebody busting my door
2: down and putting me in jail.
5: Hey, thanks, Bill, for that comment. Um, You know, I noticed, some people already reacting to this comment Mm -hmm. from uh, Michelle Obama. What about the victory in the Cold War? You know, we play at the beginning of this program every day some of the key speeches that have been given in American history. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Is she not proud of that? You know, I was proud of President Reagan saying that and proud of seeing that wall fall years later. Can't you be proud of something like that? We've got Terry on the line from San Angelo. Terry... Uh, why are you proud of America?
2: Because I'm born and bred American, <laughs> number one. And i tell you, I am just outraged that my fellow Americans have no... It's like, it's like they want to just throw it all away. I don't, I don't understand that. And, um, you know, people have bled and died for this country to be what it is. And they just want to flippantly throw it away it it just i don 't understand that and it's I am, insulting I get very emotional over it i 'm sorry, but i just i hope that this I hope that this reaction that she 's made resounds across mm-hmm. this country, and that people take heart to their decisions when they go to the polls.
6: You kind of got to wonder about the momentum her husband has if this is going to affect that. you know when you think of some things that are in no way political that uh, we can be proud of the technology that we have in this country that we've developed the medical advances the foreign aid we're talking about an AIDS initiative in Africa right now and even like the relief that this country has provided for other countries for tsunamis or earthquakes things like that I mean those are all in her adult lifetime and she can't seem to uh, deem herself to be proud of this let's go back to the phones to Plano and talk to Lee Lee thank you for calling
7: hello um I'm proud of America for a lot of things, and I'm a retired teacher. I used to tell the the uh, kids in my classroom when when we would be discussing a story or uh, the subject would come up at all about their country, if there were negative comments, I set them straight right away. I said, you know, you have the right to feel however you want to, but in my classroom, uh, this is not a democracy. You will not speak against your country <laughs> here, <laughs> and if you don't like it. Go someplace else uh, there, and I would uh, bring to their attention the fact that um, people are clamoring to get into America. What other country? Where else is that happening? And uh, definitely, there are other countries you can go to if you don't love your country. But and then <laughs> I would get on my soapbox box and talk about all the privileges, all the the wonderful things about this country that you know you don't have another other places. So. Yes, I'm appalled to hear uh, Mrs. Obama say that.
5: I think many others are, too, Lee. Thank you so much for that call. Again today, Michelle Obama, wife of presidential candidate Barack Obama, says, quote, For the first time in my adult life, I am proud of my country. Why? Because people are rallying to her husband's primary race. Primary campaign. Is that a reason really to be a proud of America? We're asking you, are you proud of America and why? We've got Merrill on the line from Greenfield. Merrill, thank you for calling. What's your view?
3: Hi, Jerry. You know, I'm the most patriotic person you could ma- imagine, but I'm not proud of our country. I think we, the people, have become fat, dumb, and happy. And I've found out from a lawsuit up in Iowa it's we, the lobbyists, now. And unless we get a man in there of faith that is not going to allow these lobbyists to make all the laws, and it all comes down to the representatives, these presidents, they really have their hands tied by the Congress, and the
5: representatives have
3: lied to us long enough.
5: Thank you, uh-huh. Mayor. Well, look, we cover a lot of issues on this program that are negative, concerns we have about America, problems we see in politics. But, on the other hand, this is a country where we're able to talk freely about these issues on a radio station. You can't do that in Cuba, uh, but you can on KCBI and KCRN. And, uh, you know, I think that um, this, though, reflects Pena um, on the left and many in the Democrat Party who blame America first. All they can do is run down our country, our heritage. We've got Willie on the line from Dallas, our last caller. Willie? Hello. Why are you proud of America?
3: Well, first of all, I'm proud to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and I just thank God that I live in America. But I just want to make a comment. I don't think that she said she, this as an adult, she's just now being proud. I think she said she she put emphasis at that. Now I'm really proud that...
1: People can vote in regard of your race.
5: All right, Willie, let's play it again. Let's see if that's what she said. Here she is.
4: Hope is making a comeback. It is making a comeback. And let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country.
5: For the first time in my adult lifetime, I am proud of my country. I'm really proud. She said I'm really proud. It I'm was really kind f- of knocked out, but still. All right. I think we've got one or two more callers. We may continue this for just a sec, and then we're going to talk about what's happening in Cuba. Well, compare America to Cuba. You might be proud that you're an American and not in Cuba, Mrs. Obama. We'll be right back. Hey, what are you doing with your life? If you're interested in doing ministry at college or just doing something for Christ now, come to Criswell College and learn how you can get your education and get trained for ministry. Chris College in Dallas offers fully accredited bachelor's and master's degrees in biblical studies, youth ministry, missions, evangelism, counseling, and more. If you'd like to come and check us out, we're having a preview day on February 28th from 830 until 1 o'clock. Preview Day is a free event where you can send in on some classes, have lunch with professors, ask any questions that you may have, and worship with us in chapel. Give us a call today at 214-818-1393 to reserve your spot. We would love to help you out and answer any questions that you may have. Call us 214-818-1393 or go to
3: chriswell.edu. Call 800-899-0012 for more information about Preview Day at the Chriswell College. You can also see more information on the web at
0: chriswell.edu.
3: The Chriswell College in Dallas.
0: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
4: Hope is making a comeback. It is making a comeback, and let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country.
5: All right, that's Michelle Obama, wife of presidential candidate Barack Obama. She said, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my country. And we're calling, we're asking for you to call today. And uh, we got our last caller on right now, though. Why are you proud to be an American? Tom is on the line. Thank you for holding, Tom. What do you think of that statement, and why are you proud of America?
3: Well, of that statement, I have grave concerns that our potential First Lady has never been proud of a country that her husband would potentially be a president of. Um, I'm proud of this country because, as a child or as a first generation American uh, with parents who lived through um, Nazi Germany, I mean, we just enjoy so many freedoms here that so many people take for granted. Um, and I, a question that I have for you I've gotten emails lately from friends who um, there was information about Barack's family heritage, just talking about heritage and why I'm proud of this country, of his. I don't know if it's Islam or Muslim roots, but um, it seemed very disturbing. And I know he is, um, I guess he's opposed to uh, giving a Pledge of Allegiance. It just, that's very disturbing to me uh, when I'm looking at who I want to be president of my country. And I was wondering if you can comment on that.
5: Tom, uh, thank you for that comment. I believe that that email campaign is is false, not valid, bogus. Uh, Barack Obama, his uh, one of his parents was a Muslim, is a Muslim. Uh, but Barack Obama has been a member of a, a kind of a church for the last 10 or more years. He says he's a Christian. I believe that he's, you know, uh, being sincere in that claim. Uh, he did not salute, uh, uh, put his hand on his heart during the uh, pledge.
6: It was during the National Anthem. National,
5: an- national Anthem at at a major event, and he was photographed. But he didn't say that he wasn't doing that because he was a Muslim. And I think it was just a, a big mistake, actually. And, uh, you know, this reminds me for Barack uh, and his wife of what Bob Beckle said on TV recently about the Scaff. The Obamas have to recognize they are now front runners, right. and everything they say is important. It's open season. Uh, listen, uh, again, we can compare America to a place. Uh, like Cuba today in the news, and I think we can be very grateful and proud of our country.
6: Well, I find it ironic, Dr. Johnson, that this is in the news, this statement of Michelle Obama today, and it's the same day that Cuba has announced that Fidel Castro will be stepping aside uh, in Cuba. And, you know, I just find that interesting when someone uh, is running for president or helping her husband run. And uh, just lack of pride in America (laughs) with that news coming through. With us to talk about the resignation of Fidel Castro is Ray Walser. He is senior policy analyst uh, specializing in Latin America at the Heritage Foundation. It's very interesting because his area of expertise of research is defending the values of freedom and individual liberty, also strengthening democratic institutions and the rule of law. He's a career Foreign Service officer with the State Department, where he served for 27 years. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, uh, Mr. Walser.
1: It's my pleasure to be with you this evening.
6: Uh, you know, in, in this light, uh, comparing the story about Fidel Castro with uh, the statements by Michelle Obama, what has life been like under Fidel Castro? I mean, uh, she's not happy about uh, what's going on here in this country. What's life for uh, uh, life like for Cuban citizens?
1: Well, I think I think it's the the, the classic political philosopher. Thomas Hobbes, who sort of referred to uh, described the world as sort of nasty, brutish, and short, that, that may be a bit of an overstatement. But clearly, uh, life for the average Cuban has not been good. Uh, my understanding is that Cuba is largely a very stratified society. Those at the top, those who have benefited from the, uh, the communist regime, who are members of the military, uh, who are in the elite, live reasonable lives and are, are comfortable. Uh, there's a second category of people who have now had jobs that sort of pay in the dollar sector, work in the tourism area. But the average Cuban uh, still uh, limps along on incomes that are near or below any, anybody's poverty standard, that scarcities are common. Uh, one Cuban leader was taken to the task the other day uh, by a young student who said, It takes a worker two to three days to earn enough money to buy a toothbrush, Hmm. and that's a sad commentary on the state of the Cuban economy. Yes, they do have access to health care and schooling, at least uh, in in formalistic terms, but even there, uh, I think that the access is very stratified uh, and oftentimes restricted or demand far exceeds what's available.
6: Dr. Ray Walser of the Heritage Foundation is with us uh, very quickly. What is uh, what about religious freedom there? Uh,
1: the church.
6: There has been some
1: rapprochement between uh, uh, the Catholic Church and the uh, and the regime. If you remember, the Pope has visited Cuba. Uh, at least uh, there is some freedom of, of worship and church attendance. But don't don't let the church get active in any of the. Political spears, or you'll mm-hmm. run into a great deal of trouble with the with the regime. In other words, the church can stick to religion, but my understanding is it is not supposed to engage itself in any sort of community activities or anything that would remotely resemble uh, political protest or a political pressure.
5: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking about the fact that Fidel Castro is stepping down in Cuba. He may already be dead. Who knows? Our guest is Dr. Ray Walzer. He's Senior Policy Analyst for Latin America at the Heritage Foundation. Dr. Walzer, I'd like for you to listen to John McCain today reacting to this news in Cuba. We have to be absolutely confident that the transition
0: to a free and open democracy is being made before we provide that additional aid and assistance.
5: Uh, Dr. Walzer, do you believe uh, that it's time for us to open the channels, open the doors, the free flow uh, to Cuba, or do we need this sort of wait-and-see attitude that McCain is proposing?
1: I think that... uh Here at Heritage, we we very much uh, coincide with Senator McCain. uh, The transition ball is is very much still in the Cuban court. Uh, Simply uh, changing the name from from Fidel to Raul uh, doesn't really uh, constitute a great deal of... uh, does not constitute change at all.
5: Could you tell us a little bit about Raul, or this VP, Carlos Lage? Some think that he might be uh, the next leader there.
1: Well, I think that attention is still focused on Raul who is 76 who has uh the younger brother of Fidel who has been at Fidel's side since the Cuban revolution who has commanded the most uh, the army the the intelligence services is a high ranking official in the communist party uh clearly he comes from uh, a a very rigid uh very bureaucratic uh very military background uh, Laje, I think, is a bit of an unknown uh, quantity, particularly here in the United States. Uh, he is touted as having uh, worked uh, the economy, but given the uh, rather abysmal state of the Cuban economy, I would not say that that's the most sort of lustrous of credentials.
6: Do you foresee any change uh, in the relationship between Cuba and uh, Venezuela?
1: That's an interesting. That, that, poses a bit of a conundrum because uh, from what one reads and hears, Raul Castro is not as enamored of Hugo Chavez as his older brother was. However, he is extremely dependent upon the uh, estimated 2 to $4 billion a year in uh, oil concessions, in payment for Cuban doctors uh, that Venezuela sends uh, uh, Cuba's way. Uh, uh, Chavez was recently in Cuba to open up a large oil refinery at Cienfuegos, an old Soviet facility. So uh, Raul finds himself, his bro- older brother, still, still around uh, to uh, engage in the battle of ideas. Hugo Chavez, with a, a contribution of 2 to $4 billion, there to clearly offer advice. So he's, you know, he's got his own set of issues in which he's going to have to, uh, to deal with.
5: Dr. Ray Walser, Senior Policy Analyst for the Heritage Foundation. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: Pleasure to be with you. Thank you.
5: All right, folks, let's go back uh, to President Bush right now. He had something to say today on this topic.
1: The question really should be, what does this mean for the people in Cuba? They're the ones who suffered under Fidel Castro. They're the ones who are put in prison because of their beliefs. They're the ones who have... uh, been denied um, their right to live in a free society
5: all right so president bush talking about the people the people and florida is full of those people many of those exiles we're going to hear from one right now here's frank pina he
3: has led with such an iron fist and he's just been such an oppressive guy that i think people have been afraid and now there's an opportunity so is it going to be tomorrow no but it's going to be soon
5: okay I think, Pena, you know, the one thing that we can take from this segment is that we need a president who uh, understands foreign policy. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds us of the importance of um, a national defense, an understanding of um, the global political scene. And again, we can be thankful to live in America, there are many problems. There are many difficulties. There are many challenges, and we highlight those challenges on this program. By nature, this program is about the problems really uh, our nation faces, and how the Christian worldview provides a solution for our country and for our culture. And so, sometimes we're negative, but today I think when we hear someone say, uh, "I've not been proud." Or for the first time in my adult life, now I'm proud of my country. And I think, compare America with Cuba. We have freedom of speech. We have freedom of religion. We have an open uh, economy. Cuba does not have that. China does not have that. Russia has not had that. There are many things for which we can be thankful and proud as America. When we come back. Is America one nation under God, or have we become one nation above God? We're going to talk to a direct descendant of a Mayflower passenger about the secularization of America. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Penedexter. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
5: All right, here's the breaking news Criswell Sheraton, $50,000 for Union University. That's hmm. a headline in Baptist Press. And, folks, that's you listening on KCBI. We had the Uniting for Union University appeal last Friday, uh, last Monday, excuse me. You raised. $32,000 on the air, and then a donor calls in and says, I want to add 20000 to that. And the Crystal College students giving, adding to that over $50,000, I delivered that. Uh, last Thursday night, to the president of Union University, David Dockery. I can tell you they were blessed. I want to thank you listeners on KCBI for the way you, you really did pull through on this. You came through. God used you to be such a blessing. Over $50,000. By the way, they suffered about $40 million of damage. I want to keep praying for those people. Students, 1,000 students displaced. They've only had two withdraw, Penna during this crisis. That's wonderful. It's amazing. It really is. And uh, they uh, started back today uh, with a 1,000 students displaced. They've put them up. And uh, we have a lot of confidence that God is going to do something great through this tragedy. Well, Mike Huckabee is going to be in town tomorrow night speaking at 730 out at uh, Collin County Community College in Plano. It's open to the public. And, uh, you know, he's been real strong, real outspoken about the role of faith.
0: When a person says my faith doesn't affect my decision-making, I would say that the person's saying their faith is not significant enough to impact their decision process. I tell people up front, my faith does affect my decision process.
5: All right, Governor Huckabee is running for president of the United States, and the Atlanta Journal and Constitution said this weekend, Huckabee's theocratic tendencies are dangerous. Dangerous. He shouldn't be on any ticket even as vice president. And they went on to say he was a televangelist, which he has never been a televangelist. He was a pastor of a church. He's been governor for over 10 years in Arkansas and and governed it in a balanced kind of a way, uh, not as a theocrat. But it shows a hostility, Penna, to Christians, I think, and the role of faith in government. You know, uh, also Charles Barkley uh, was recently on CNN And I think he's uh, disregarding, he's dissing Christians here with this kind of a statement.
3: They want to be judge and jury. Like, I'm for gay marriage. It's none of my business if gay people want to get married. I'm pro-choice. And I think these Christians, first of all, they're supposed to be, they're not supposed to judge other people, but they're the most hypocritical judge of people we have in this country. They act like they're Christians and they're not forgiven at all.
5: All right, so there it is again. Charles Barkley, former NBA star on CNN, bashing Christians. The Atlanta Atlanta Journal-Constitution really bashing Christians and Christianity. Uh, and I wonder, Pena, if there is a mood really that uh, you know Christians are the one group that can be attacked today.
6: Well, you know, some of our callers early in the program were thankful that this was a nation founded under Judeo-Christian principles. But uh, our next guest says that there's a battle for the soul of america and that we are no longer one nation under god Uh, In fact, he's got a book out entitled One Nation Above God, and uh, he is uh, Shane Eidelman. He's an author and a speaker, and uh, very interesting, his maternal lineage can be traced to Peregrine White, the first baby born on the Mayflower in Cape Cod Bay. And uh, Mr. Eidelman, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh, it's great to be here out in Southern California, where I'm at on my end.
6: Well, uh, that's a good place to be. I was actually born and raised there. And uh, the question we have for you really is, uh, are we now one nation above God, and how can we get back?
3: Well, you know, where that concept came from is Judges 2.10, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. And if we look at where America started, from from even being inspired by Calvin, Swingley, L- uh, Luther, Knox, and the pilgrims and Puritans and the public school system and the courts, If you look back at our nation's history and what began and where we are now, we are a a nation adrift. We are, I believe, witnessing the rapid deterioration of a nation right before our eyes.
6: Well, we talk on this program a lot about the different ways in which that is happening, but it seems that you can be of any religion and have that religion affirmed except Christianity in many cases. In fact, they're stripping some of our public monuments Uh, Of Christian language, and they're stripping the rights of Christians to really express themselves when there's any public money involved at all.
3: Exactly, and that's and that's one of the big points with this book. Is in my opinion, by saying nothing, we say something. And for the millions of proclaimed, you know, born again believers um, who put their trust in Christ, we say nothing. You know, you can here in California, you can teach homosexuality in the Mm -hmm. public schools. We're not going to stir the water. We're not going to say anything. And for some reason there's this disconnect where we can't really be involved politically, we should just be passive. And basically the book's a wake-up call uh, to this, and, that, and we're going to see this the more they, I mean, everyone else is coming out of the closet. So there's time that we need to also come out, and I don't mean by just force. but I mean by prayer and fasting and humility and calling the nation back and the people back to the biblical principles that made us what we are today.
6: Well, this book is uh, One Nation Above God, been endorsed by people like uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy, the late uh, pastor of Coral Ridge Ministries, Tony Perkins, Family Research Council, David Barton of Wall uh, Builders, who's a frequent guest on this program. So these are people who basically agree with the idea that uh, there's hope. What is the hope?
3: Well, and that's the final chapter. Um, And there are a lot of people asking. We do have the website, onenationabovegod.com. So if they go there, they can get more information on this. But... um, Our only hope is in Christ. The number one problem in America is not a political problem. It's a spiritual problem called sin. But we can't neglect our civil responsibilities. And I think there's just so many people uh, that we're naming the name of Christ, but we're not truly surrendered to him and truly uh, just moving in the power of God and the power of his Holy Spirit to change our nation and and just to be repentant and and broken and humble. There's too much arrogance. and, And that is our only hope, to put our trust in Christ and him alone.
5: This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We're talking to Shane Eidelman. He's written the book, One Nation Above God. Shane, let me ask you to listen to this statement from Mike Gravel. He was running for president of the United States. He's a senator from Alaska. Here he is.
0: Many people who pray are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill fellow human beings. That disturbs me. I think what we need is more love.
5: All right, that's Mike Gravel in a in a presidential debate, saying that the people who pray are the ones who scare him. Now, here's my question for you, Shane: You're a direct descendant of a Mayflower passenger. Uh, how would they have reacted to that kind of claim from someone in public office? Would the people on the Mayflower? Uh, how would they have reacted if someone said, the people are the, who pray are the ones that scare me?
3: Well, actually, it's the people who pray that built this nation. Yes. And that's how they got here. And, and I think what we're hearing in the media throughout the country is they're, they're linking, what would Jesus do? And we're going to war in Iraq and all these things. We have to separate ourselves but Jesus versus the institution of government ordained by God, there's different roles, yes, as believers, absolutely. we're to, to be loving and, and peaceful and, and do what we can. But the institution of government, when Paul said it does not bear the sword in vain, if you do evil, be afraid. we have to distinguish uh, Christ would probably allow the institution of government to govern. And so I think a lot of people make that conception. they think, well, Christians are for war and we're not for war at all. I mean that's the last resort. But we live in evil times. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and and it, that may be a last case sometimes. So I, you're going to see that a lot more nowadays. They're going to be linking that. What would Jesus wow. do? And and uh, things such as such as along those lines.
5: Shane, we want to thank you for being with us again. The book, One Nation Above God. Shane Idleman, thanks for being with us.
3: Thank you. And yeah, it's One God dot com. If anyone has any. All right,
5: questions. One Nation Above God dot com. Well. Jesus Christ came to save us from the penalty of sin. God ordains government to save us from the evildoers. And those are two separate issues, two separate sin problems with two separate solutions. The cross is the solution to our own sin, the penalty for our sin, and the power of sin in our lives. The cross and the resurrected Christ and the Holy Spirit. But government, God ordains government. Romans 13, Genesis 9-6. God ordains government to protect us from the evildoers. Larry, what I'd like to do now is go actually to Bill Clinton speaking out against a protester at a Hillary Clinton rally. This is former U.S. President Bill Clinton. Let's go with cut one. Here's Bill Clinton, someone challenging Clinton, Hillary, and Bill on their pro-abortion, pro-choice record.
2: Now... Here's what you know. I gave you the answer. We disagree with you. You want to criminalize women and their doctors, and we disagree. We want to criminalize women. Put every doctor and every mother as an accessory to murder in prison. And you won't say you want to do that because you know you wouldn't have a lick of political
5: support. All right, that's former U.S. President Bill Clinton campaigning for his wife, Hillary Clinton, and there's a pro-life heckler out there, and Bill Clinton uh, counterattacks. But he says, tell the truth, tell the truth. Now, folks, we've just been talking about the role of government, the God-ordained role of government. What does the Declaration of Independence say? That... We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Now, there's a theological basis for the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Created equal and endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these, the right to life. The right to life, the first right mentioned in the U.S. Declaration of Independence. It has a theological basis. God has created us in His image, created us equal. Bill Clinton says, tell the truth. He says, I reduced abortions. He went in at 1.4 million a year. He moved it to 1.3 a year. Now it's at 1.2 a year. Not such a big change. Would we have been happy with those numbers on slavery from 1.4 million slaves to 1.3 to 1.2? I don't think so. I don't think he can claim credit. He also said you want to put doctors and mothers in prison. And if you'd tell the truth, uh, you would say that. Certainly no pro-lifers want to put... A mother's in prison. We want to talk about this speech. We've got more sound from it coming up next.
0: That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
5: All right, the primary in Texas will make the difference, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. They are in the news, and President Clinton is campaigning for Hillary. Here he is, arguing back against a pro-life protester at a rally. Now,
2: the issue is, the issue is, you can't Policies
5: that the number of real That's it right there. That's enough. How about Henry Hyatt? How about Ronald Reagan? How about George Bush? Clinton claiming that no one has introduced policies that have saved more lives. You've got the Hyatt Amendment. You've got President Reagan. You got President Bush with strong Supreme Court appointments. All of Bill Clinton's appointments pro choice, pro abortion. Let's go to that third clip now, Larry, the third soundbite. Sure. The policy she spearheaded saved a
2: heck of a lot more lives than all the TV ads that were bought and all the hot air that was spread, And we ought to talk about that.
6: Real hostility toward pro-lifers. You know, it's very interesting. A lot of people say that that partial birth abortion ban, which was the first real restriction uh, on abortion, he vetoed abortion. it. He vetoed it three times. President Bush signed it, and not only has it stopped the partial birth abortions, it's really changed the whole equation in being able to restrict abortion because of the strong language uh, in the uh, in the opinion. So uh, the number of abortions that have been stopped by Bill and Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's that's an out-and-out out untruth, really a lie. To say that she has uh, stopped more abortions than Republican presidents have in two weeks we're gonna
5: have the primary in Texas and this primary will be the make or break primary and we Mm -hmm. said that a month and a half ago on this show Texas it could come down to Texas indeed it has Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton who will it be for the Democrats and uh, it's going to get ugly from now until then it's a street fight between these two campaigns now, I want you to listen carefully. This is fascinating, <laughs> and there is, uh, there is actually uh, a lesson to be learned here. The Clinton campaign is accusing Obama of plagiarism, and they're going back to a speech by Governor Deval Patrick of Massachusetts and comparing it to current speeches by Barack Obama. And Deval Patrick was being accused of just good speeches and good ideas and good rhetoric, just words. And, of course, Obama has been accused of being an empty suit and basically just a lot of platitude. So here's, you're going to hear the sound, first from Deval Patrick and then from Barack Obama. Tell me if this is plagiarism.
4: We hold these truths to be self-evident.
3: don't matter. Yeah. I have a dream. Just words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Just words. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Just
5: words. All right, will this sink the Obama campaign? The answer is no. You might remember years ago, Joe Biden plagiarized the uh, campaign story of Neil Kinnock from Great Britain. And, uh, but he, he had to leave that race, Joe Biden, because of that plagiarism. Uh, if this was in academics, it would be plagiarism if it was in writing. But it's not, and it's, it's oral tradition. It would have been much better for Obama to get up and say, as my good friend Deval Patrick said. Uh, but in fact, Governor Patrick was quoting MLK and JFK and FDR, so, um, but he was using the claim that it's just words and through oratory turning it back. Uh, I think it's very interesting today, Pena, that we were talking about you know, why would you be proud uh, of America or as an America. And Michelle Obama's saying, you know, I've not been proud until now. Uh,
6: Yet these wonderful words coming from her husband. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Weren't
5: you proud when you heard Reagan say tear down this wall? Weren't you proud when you heard. Um, uh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream, and obviously she was not alive during some of this, going back to FDR, certainly. But uh, if you know your history, you're proud of America when you sit in a history class or you watch the History Channel and you see these moments, great moments in American history. Now, what uh, Obama did was to respond and to say, wait a minute, Hillary is calling me a copycat? Uh, she's the copycat. She's been copying my themes. So here, I want you to hear Obama <laughs> chanting, fired up and ready to go, and then Hillary using this as a slogan.
4: We have seen thousands and thousands of Iowans over the last week And we are fired up and we are ready
6: to go. What do you make of that, Penna? Oh, my goodness. It's just going to get uglier and uglier as they're starting to be picky about these things. But, you know, I think Hillary was worried that uh, he was becoming sort of the Messiah, the Savior complex. And so she was trying to kind of do the same thing. It doesn't come off the same when she tries to do it. But I think what it really does say is watch out, Texans, for the next two weeks.
5: Well, it is true that Hillary borrowed this fired up and ready to go, and she also borrowed another thing, which was change. Do you remember after Obama won that first primary on the change motif, everybody went to change, including Mitt Romney, Mm -hmm. who changed his message. Everybody wanted to go with change. That was the Obama theme.
6: That's usually what elections are about.
5: Hillary also has used this theme, take back America. Do you know who used that first? Pat Buchanan used that back in his culture war speech (laughs) at the Republican Convention years ago. It's time to take back America. Take back. Now Hillary says, I'm going to take back America. Now this is all very important because Obama and Hillary are both saying change. Uh, Hillary is saying take back America. And uh, change, though, to what? Take back America to what? That's really what this program is about. It's about the first segment. It's about why are we proud of America are we proud because of liberalism in America, secularization of America, socialism in America? Are we proud because of our God and country heritage? Are we proud because of the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, uh, the freedom of assembly, economic freedoms? Uh, contrast it with Cuba. It's really about the entire program. Are we one nation under God or one nation above God? Change can be bad. Taking back, taking America could be bad if it's a secular leftward, liberal, pro-abortion, pro-homosexual agenda, which is her agenda and Obama's agenda. We don't want that change. We don't want someone taking over America with that agenda. But we need to get back to this kind of a change, Proverbs 29, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Proverbs also says, righteousness exalts a nation... But sin is a reproach to any people. Oh, we need change. We need to take back America. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.